This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Taz and Jim here. Devin Peacock is stuck around. I got him hooked. You've been watching the new reality series Deep Fake Love on Netflix after my strong recommendation the other day, Dev. I went in on two episodes, could have watched a third, decided <laughs> to save myself. You know, I want to make it last, you know? <laughs> if you haven't heard about this show, it is absolutely bonkers. They get contestants to watch videos of their partners cheating on them. So their boyfriends, girlfriends, cheating on them, like full-on makeout sessions, sex tapes, <laughs> and they don't know whether or not their partner is cheating on them or they're watching a deep fake video that just makes it look like their partner is cheating on them. <laughs> so they, stupid. They've got to guess whether or not, because it's... Uh, I, where is it from? It's you know? in Spain. Is it in Spain? Okay. So it's in Spanish, and every time they play a video afterwards, the host goes, Realidad <laughs> or ficción? <laughs> they picked the pre- people perfectly because, like, on, in the first episode, like, the couples come out and they split up. They're crying. Like, they're, they're, they're like, Cheer. emotional breakdowns is Already. what you're watching. Oh, imagine watching your new bride, Jim. Getting absolutely. Hey, relax. <laughs> but I just, be, I would go. I'd be like, that's not real. That's not real. Uh, that, no, no, no. And there's a couple of them that are in complete denial. They're, uh, and then you see, you see, they don't know. They don't tell them right away whether or not the videos are real or fake, which adds to the torture. They didn't. Yeah, they apparently didn't even know that deep fakes existed. Some of these people. So, which was incredible to me. Like the show's called Deep Fake Love, but they thought it referred more to like, is the love real or is it fake? I think people know about deep. People in Spain may not know. Not about dumb people. Yeah. Not dumb people who sign up for reality shows. Some of these like relationships. There's like, there's a nine year relationship on the uh, on the line here. Yeah. Some of these people being together for a while. And like one, the nine-year relationship, I'm, we're coming to see if, if this is going to last. You've been together for nine years. If you're having questions, you Listen, if your relationship trouble. can't stand your partner watching you with three women at the same time, it was never meant to be in the first place. <laughs> the lights go off. You just see a butt going up and down in the dark. <laughs> Realidad or ficción? The only issue I have so far is I want more realidad or ficción. Like, I need more time in what they call the white room, where you watch these yeah. videos. There's too much back and There's forth. There's a lot and, of filler. Yeah. I would recommend doing some fast-forwarding if you're watching the show, because the, the partners who are living in the hot person house, <laughs> where, <laughs> where they're just getting drunk, partying, and cheating on their spouses, uh, they do show a lot of that footage in between the emotional torture that the people who have to watch the videos are going through. It is kind of it is kind of fun to see the like the the real stuff where you, like one of the people invites them up to their room and then you see in the video they're like no don't go in the room don't go in the room like watching a go, horror movie yeah. Yeah. don't go in and there then, and then they go in the room like oh they're no. so deflated. So how do you win the show? Whoever guesses the most correct. <laughs> so they go through this multiple times. It's not like one and done, you guess wrong, you're eliminated and gone. No, every week you're watching more videos of your partner (laughs) having an affair and guessing whether or not it's realidad aficion. Holy cow. Deep fake love. Maybe the greatest use of deep fake technology to date. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Welcome to the show, Juan the Colombian. One of our 
been Old a long friends. time. Yeah, how you doing, Juan? Pretty good, pretty good, Tassie. Juan's one of our co-workers, works down in the newsroom. Thanks for making some time for us here. Mm-hmm. Y- you call yourself Juan the Colombian because you are from... Colombia, exactly. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> what? <laughs> but funny enough, people still ask, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> And you just popped your head and you're like, guys, uh, there's a Canadian guy who got arrested in Colombia. You have to see this story. What happened? So, well, I'll tell you a story more. So my mom texted me this morning. She's like, have you seen this? And I was like, what? Like, she she made it feel like it's my fault. I'm like, what happened? And then I started reading the news. (laughs) What did you do? What did you, like, what, Juan? And and basically what it is is... um, a guy from Canada, he was in Colombia. He went down there, and I don't know where he was at the airport, and he started punching this police uh, man. And basically, he tried to grab the gun, and it's just out of control. You see the video, the video, the girl, like you can tell, like a grandma is in the back. And she's saying, like, oh, what are you doing to the cop? Please help him. Oh, that's the translation? That's what yeah, she's yeah. saying, yeah. Right there. It's like, wait, there's no police coming. Oh, he's giving them the one, two, like a hockey fight, too. Wearing flip-flops, 34-year-old Canadian man. And from what we read in this article, unprovoked. He just started punching the cop for no reason and tried to grab the gun. Uh, he's been arrested, and he could be going to a Colombian prison. For four years, up to four years. What? Sounds like a good time. <laughs> what is Colombian prison like, Juan? Ah, oh, man, you don't... I, I feel that any prison in the world is, as the name says, it's a prison. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. But in Colombia, mm, we have... So, for the longest time, we have a lot of, like, criminal activities in Colombia. No, I haven't heard about that. <laughs> so, the cells here in Canada, at least you guys have, like... a. A person will have like a cell for two people, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. In Colombia it's like ten people no in a cell. Yeah. They sleep on the floors and everything. It's so crazy. Does he have a chance of being accepted? Because if there's a lot of gangbangers in jail, uh-huh. he's the guy who fought the cops. Their enemy is the cops. Does he, is he on their team now? Or so I was thinking that and the way I was seeing it is like, yes, at the beginning they're gonna be happy. He's going to be like a little hero because, oh, yeah, good. You were trying to beat up a cop. Mm-hmm. Like you were like doing a good thing for a criminal man, right? But then as soon as they realize that he's not Colombian, they're going to like flip their brains and going to be like, oh, no, you're not beating a cop. You're beating a Colombian. Oh, yeah, you yeah. So, Who do you think you are there, Captain Canuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. to be honest, I feel that this guy, if he's smart enough, he has to ask for a special protection. So they will move into a cell that he'd be out for like an hour a day. And then the rest of the 23 hours, he'd be in like the cell. Isolation, yeah. yeah do do a lot of, is this what happens? <laughs> do a lot of Canadians go to Colombia because of the reputation? Like it's obviously a great city, beautiful. And there's, it's a tourist spot, but it's also known for a lot of cheap drugs. Yes. So 100%, there's a lot of people that go, not just Canadian. How like, cheap? It, very cheap. <laughs> How cheap are the flights? Can we talk about prices here? No, I'm kidding. So what I'm saying is like, yes, very cheap. And then a lot of people will go there to just experience it, just to go a little crazy. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Like everyone can do whatever with their life. But control yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't punch a cop at the airport. I'm trying to have a vacation here. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Or try to get the gun. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Today, July 14th, is National Mac and Cheese Day. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Dinner. You get tender macaroni and new, improved, Kraft-grated 
that makes Kraft dinner golden with rich cheddar flavor. Enjoy it often. Kraft macaroni and cheese dinner. Couple mac and cheese facts for you. Kraft sells about a million boxes of macaroni and cheese per day. <laughs> Damn, what a cash cow. It's still one of the more reasonable meals that you can buy at a grocery store in terms of price. Yeah, I wonder. I don't. I haven't bought a box of Kraft dinner, but it's still you can buy it at the dollar store too. That's how you know you can get it for a good price. Yeah, you can get the crate. You ever buy the whole box? Oh, it's like a bigger cardboard box with the smaller boxes in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, when I was a kid, I think we had it once, but we didn't eat that much mac and cheese every once in a while. But it wasn't like a huge staple in our household. My kids absolutely love it. The world record for eating an entire box of macaroni and cheese is one minute, two seconds. I feel like I could beat that. Yeah, don't you just drink it? (laughs) If you cook the noodles, make them really soft. You don't even need to chew, right? There's over 50 varieties of Kraft macaroni and cheese. I think I've tried three or four. The shells, the white cheddar. Yeah, the white cheddar I've had. Sharp cheddar. Um, Does the side dish count? You know, like the... They had like the Alfredo side dish craft macaroni and cheese for a while. Fancy. Had that one. Well, celebrate with a box to yourself. I know on the side it says serves two to three people. It doesn't. Yeah. The classic. (laughs) It's a one and done every box of craft dinner. Don't even take it out of the pot you cooked it in. (laughs) Sitting on the couch with just the pot and the spoon. Oh, so good. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. So it turns out just breathing the air in Hamilton is like smoking cigarettes. Jim, how many cigarettes a day are people in Hamilton smoking? Just by breathing. Just one. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. So they're smoking cigarette a day. Cigarette. Just I, one. I, I feel like I, I got everyone a little worried there for yeah, a second, yeah. but you're only having one dart by breathing the air in <laughs> Hamilton. So this was a uh, a two-year project by Health Canada and the city of Hamilton uh, and the University of Toronto. Uh, they did uh, they, they basically attached these things onto light poles around the city, and it, and it measured air quality. And according neat. to a University of uh, Toronto professor it's, professor, it's about one cigarette per day people are breathing in concentration of benzopyrene a carcinogenic chemical in hamilton exceeded the ontario air quality guidelines uh making the process of making steel as we all know leads to a lot of uh pollution in the air and that's one of the big reasons uh Mm. but they say it's not solely the steel mills it's also the uh traffic uh other uh factories as well and when you think like not not to take anything away from how serious that is. It's not crazy, but like I would figure you live in any city over 200,000 yeah. people, you're probably breathing in a cigarette a day worth of pollution, right? I expected more, and yeah. that's not a dig on the hammer, right? You, you live anywhere. Any industrial city, for sure. You're you breathing think. stuff in. And then it made me wonder, like, how bad is it across the world? Like, how bad is it across North America? Do we America? have numbers from Kitchener, Waterloo, London, Ontario? I don't specifically, but I do have the U.S. average which is half a cigarette a day. So you balance that out across like all the rural areas and the city areas. It must be terrible in LA, yeah. but you know, average, it's about a cigarette and a half. The average in the EU is 1.6. Now, China is where it gets pretty crazy. Beijing on an average day is four cigarettes a day. Whew. But Beijing on a bad day is 25 cigarettes a day. How many good days and bad days do they have a year? I don't know. 
If you're a smoker, you may want to consider moving to Beijing. <laughs> Save a little dough. Do you know how expensive smokes are nowadays? You're right. Let's look at this positively. How about you make love to somebody in Hamilton and then you just open the window and take a whiff? That's right. Instead of having a cigarette? To relax yeah. post-coitus, yeah. all you need to do is open the window. Yeah. <laughs> the worst place is also in China, Shenyang. Worst ever recorded in one day. For a city where you can see smoke billowing out of smokestacks, I yeah. think one cigarette a day is acceptable. Yeah. Sar- what would Sarnia, Ontario be? Oh, it's got to be two. I think say half a pack. They've knocked down a few of the... St- <laughs> They knocked down a few of the stacks maybe 10 years ago. It was a little worse. But Shen Yang, 63 cigarettes a day. Wow. That was the worst ever recorded, mind you. But still, that's that's three packs of smokes, I think. Smokers. Shen Yang is waiting for you. <laughs> it's like half a f- carton free cigarettes every go. day. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And we've got a special guest here on the line. Retired UFC star Mark the Machine Hominick. How you doing? Great, guys. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome. Pretty good. Uh, how's Jim doing? You're training with Jim? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing pretty well at the gym. I'm, you know, nice to see that he's taking it serious for the, uh, the charity boxing match coming up. Yeah, you can be honest, Mark. We, I do have a fight, so it's November. It's the fight to end homelessness. <laughs> it's been going on for, I think this will be the third year, and it's just a bunch of people around town who volunteer, they train for three or four months to get in shape for a fight, and as they train, they get seated against somebody they have to box. Um, so uh, people are taking it seriously, and because uh, the harder you train, the, the better person you fight. So, Do you see any natural ability in Jim? What was your first impression? Well, well I think, you know, just being from a small town, he's probably been in a fist fight before, so that, that's a bonus. <laughs> uh, doesn't mean doesn't mean he won the fight, but yeah, like you've had some experience in fighting. But yeah, no, it's it's awesome to see him take it serious, and you know. But as a coach or a trainer, it's kind of it's kind of one of the worst things you want to hear one of your students say is, "Oh, I'm a puker." So that was that was nice. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did about like forty five minutes into the training session, like because we were doing the focus pads, and I was like. Oh, like I was so gassed. I was like, oh, Mark, oh, God. Hold on. I another punch. I'm going to He's like, it's downstairs. It's downstairs. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm good. Oh, uh, yeah. So cardio makes you vomit, Jim? When I'm out of shape, like when I'm in shape, no. But like every time I start a soccer season or every time I start working out yeah, again, getting I, back know, into I, it. I think I can still move like I used to. And then uh, my body says no. That's a good point, though, Mark the Machine Hominick. Punching is only half of the the boxing uh, match. Getting hit is a skill as well. You need to know how to take a punch, right? Well, exactly. And Mike, Twi- Mike Tyson probably has the best quote for that. Uh, he says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> so, you know, and that's another thing. So, yeah, like, it all comes down to the training, but it, it's pretty cool because you're, you're going to comp- compete against guys in the exact same boat, and they do kind of match the guys up from what I've heard pretty mm-hmm. evenly so it, it, it's, a, it's a great cause and it's a great experience for the guys getting ready for it and you know we've had a couple guys come through the gym and it, it's nice to see that they all take it serious yeah. you know because if, if not you're going to get pummeled pretty easily yeah it's cool just to kind of know how to fight it's a skill that everybody should know like you, you don't want to be a, going around looking for fights but you should be able to defend yourself yeah. and I just realized I didn't even know how to really throw a punch properly like I would throw a punch back in the day like I would throw a baseball. Huge wind up, leave my arm out there, watch the ball go. And that's the exact opposite. So that's what I was doing. Mark's like, you got to get your hand up, you know? Well, you do that with one arm and then you jab them with the other one. Oh, or you the do like, huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. The huge wind up, they're looking Classic. over here and then pop. 
Yeah, like a Benny Hill. <laughs> Three Stooges. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to see you fight, Jim. Mm-hmm. And uh, and kudos to you, Mark, for putting up with him here. <laughs> Jim's having trouble uh, putting weight on, though. He says he's losing too much weight. Is there anything you would recommend he start eating, putting into his well, routine? Just a good diet, a high protein and whatnot. But, yeah, because like, the thing is the, the martial arts training, it's so much conditioning-based, and, you know, you'll see guys like I think your boss Brad last time. How much? How much weight did he lose? Seventy pounds yeah, he lost crazy. last year training for this. That's incredible. Like you know, martial arts is is a great workout in boxing and kickboxing and in the grappling aspect. But it's all fantastic for you know people of all ages. It's the best sweat I've ever got. Like I don't, I'm not a huge sweater, but man, the other day I was, we were doing planks in the like the cool down thing, mm-hmm. and I was looking down and my knees were sweating. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that before. <laughs> I didn't know there was sweat glands <laughs> in those things. <laughs> yeah. Adrenaline Training Center is your gym, Mark. You and uh, Sam Hands of Stone Stout, also a retired UFC fighter. You guys are, are training all sorts of people in there. How do people sign up for your classes? How do they find out what you have to offer at Adrenaline? Just on our website, adrenalinemma.ca. Uh, we, we have an app as well that kind of gives all the information for the class times. But, yeah, like I said, it, it is a family fitness center, so, like, it's open for everybody. We do have guys still competing. You know, we have Jesse Ronson has a big fight coming up in Kitchener. Um, you know, Malcolm X, uh, Gordon, who's still in UFC. So, you know, we still have guys competing on the world stage, but it, it is a family gym open for everybody. And, you know, we're proud to be part of the city, and that's a big part we've always been is supported and in the city we were bringing our son there on saturdays for it was like six years old six year old just rolling around and learning basic stuff but cool. he he absolutely loved it okay we got to get your thoughts mark on who would win in a fight between mark zuckerberg and elon musk in your professional ufc opinion which one of those guys is going to be victorious in the octagon if this happens you know what well Mark is is actually trained and competed um, in, in jujitsu, so he's, I think he's got more skill set. But uh, I don't know, man. Like Elon, he's fifty one years old. Like there's got to be some some special rules in this thing. And I I, I just like how it's gotten kind of personal too. So <laughs> Me like too. A little bit of a back, yeah, a little <laughs> bit of a backstory. But you know, if you're just looking on paper, like even though Mark's a smaller guy. He, he has trained and competed in jiu-jitsu, and in jiu-jitsu is kind of the smaller man sport where if you can get to the guy to the ground, you can use your skills and submission and control the guy, but there's got to be some special rules in this thing because, I don't know, it's almost like rich people problems. Like, it's, you know, what they want to do. They want to go to the moon. They want to go, you know, fight in the UFC, but it, it, I'm going to watch it just because how personal it's got. I hope it happens. If anyone can make it happen, I think Dana White is the guy, right? I don't know. It's a bit insulting if the UFC kind of gets behind it. I like yeah. how they, they like the backstory, but I mean, you think about a, uh, an athlete who, you know, commits his lifetime goal to make it to the UFC, and then we got, you know, super fight between the Twitter <laughs> and um, uh, the and Facebook Elon guy. I have a feeling that yeah, Musk is a puker, too. You know, <laughs> just looking at his body. Yeah. yeah. But no, it, it's an interesting fight, but it's funny how, you know, how everyone's jumped on board, you know, like George St. Pierre is now training Elon and <laughs> Israel Anastasia is training Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. So, like, people, are, people are getting behind this, and I don't, the momentum, like, they almost have to deliver now with the momentum, momentum they've created. 
You don't want to be the one who backs out, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, exactly. I think Jeff Bezos needs to get in Adrenaline Training Center and start training with you and Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, like, like I said, it's all great for the sport, and it brings eyes to it, but it, it is funny how the UFC is, is really getting behind this. We'll uh, check back in with you as Jim continues to train for his big boxing match coming up this fall. Mark the Machine Hominick, thanks for coming on with us. I want to see you peacock, cock, cock, you peacock, cock, you peacock, cock, cock, you peacock. I want to see you peacock. It's time for sports. Devin Peacock is our sports guy. Oski Wee Wee, big win for the Ticats last night, Dev. Huge win for the Ticats. Uh, they won their second in a row, now two and three on the season. They won on the road. The only uh, you know down part for the entire game was they did lose their quarterback to injury in the third quarter. So you've now got uh, Bo Le- Levi Mitchell still out. You lost Matthew Stiltz. He's out. And so now you got to wonder what happens next week, but that's next week's problem. Right now... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you're happy for the win. They started 0-3. They've now won two in a row, so you're starting to get back into it. I'm sure it's kind of today's problem. <laughs> for <laughs> him. Yeah. If you're part of the Ticats organization. Any word on Bo Levi Mitchell returning? Well, in late June, he was put on the six-game injury list. So Wow. That's it's it's six it games been, at least. It, it hasn't has been, been six, six games, games, that's for sure. Uh, and as big of a win as it was for the Tie Cats, it was an even bigger loss for the Edmonton Elks. The Edmonton Elks are now zero and six on the season, dating back to last year. They've lost ten games in a row overall. And if you just look at their home performance over the past couple of years, they have now lost twenty games in a row. At home. That ties a record for North American sports. So we're talking CFL, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, and the NHL. You have to go back to the 50s in the NFL before you had someone lose 20 games in a row at home. It's actually, when you think about it, extremely difficult to lose 20 games in a row at home, but the Edmonton Elks have done it. Not the kind of thing you put up a plaque in the stadium <laughs> over. Mm-hmm. And that's there's not many games in the season, so that must be multiple seasons of losses at home. Well, you're going back to 2019 because they didn't even play in 2020, right? Because yeah. of COVID. So for the, for the Edmonton fans, I mean, it's been a while since they've watched their own team win. Watching the game last night, Commonwealth Stadium wasn't exactly full, so the Elks got a bit of a problem here where you have the storied franchise that just can seemingly do nothing right. At least they've got Connor McDavid, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of wins over there. Here's hoping the Oilers don't screw that up, though, huh? Because they could. They could. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Did you see a guy fell off the Ambassador Bridge between Windsor and Detroit? Oh, I did see that. Nightmare. Fell into the Detroit River, plunged 150 feet, which is 45.7 meters, off the bridge into the water. I used to work at the Aquatic Center, and we had a 10-meter board for the divers. Mm -hmm. I jumped off that thing a few times. Yeah, yeah. Pretty high. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's this is five times higher. I know. And I'm sure he wasn't like didn't land in a pencil formation or anything. He wasn't expecting it at all. He didn't know what had happened. Apparently, oh. when he was being rescued, he's like, "Well, what's going on?" And they're yeah. like, "Dude, you fell off the bridge." The people who rescued him were just happy that he was alert and talking. 
right? I'm surprised he survived. They say the force of the impact ripped most of his clothes off of him, which would add to the confusion. (laughs) Yeah, it really would. (laughs) One minute you're working, doing your job, the next minute... Most of your clothes have been ripped off. You're wearing just your work boots. Yeah, so you're kind of skinny dipping. What did I do last night? Talking to some fishermen. That's yeah. what happens. The guys were fishing and they saw him fall into the water and wow. alerted authorities. Good for them. Uh, he's very fortunate and looks like he will make a recovery. Yeah, because you always hear, they always say it on TV, when you fall from a certain height into water, it's like concrete. So I yeah. guess he wasn't at that level or maybe he just got super lucky. But it's still, that's a far way to go. I'm glad he's okay. Devin Peacock is our sports guy. He's here with us. Canadian basketball, Dev. What's going on? Well, Canada basketball has announced its 18-man roster for the upcoming uh, World Cup that's going to be played at the end of August. And this is an important tournament because if Canada finishes in the top two in the Americas division, they qualify for the 2024 Olympics. Awesome. And uh, we have, like, Canada is an, not this huge surprise, but Canada is a really uh, talented basketball country of all uh, the countries in the NBA. Like, Canada's, like, the, the Americans obviously number one, but then it's Canada in terms of, like, uh, countrymen playing in the league. Yeah. You've got Jamal Murray, you've got Shai Gilgis-Alexander, you've got R.J. Barrett as the three top guys people look at. And what's different right now is in the past, the top guys haven't always committed or it's been one. Like, it's been Steve Nash and a bunch of others, right? Yeah. Now you've got all the guys who are who are getting into this and want to really bring something home big for Canada. It's, it's almost like the redeem team for the Americans. If people are familiar with that, that was LeBron James, that was Kobe. All these guys came together after the United States flamed out in 2004 and really started to struggle on the world stage. They said, okay, we got to get a new coach. We have to have a basketball program where guys buy in for multiple years, and they have started to do that now in Canada. Right. The Redeem team came after the U.S. Dream Team, which was Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Bugs Bunny, (laughs) Bill Murray. (laughs) Yeah. Newman from Seinfeld, Newman I believe, was there. Seinfeld. <laughs> they, they, they achieved great things in the Olympics, but then you're right, they did kind of tank after that. They did. I mean, the, one of the, the highlights uh, from the in-between of the Dream Team and the Redeem Team was Vince Carter dunking over like a seven-foot, you know... Yeah, f- Lithuanian f- guy or something? Yeah, I don't know who he was. He was like, but... I think he was from France, oh, but okay. like, when that's your highlight, I mean, yeah. you're, not doing, you're not doing too so, good. So, uh, will Jamal Murray be playing for Team Canada? Yes, he, he's locked that's in awesome. it. He's locked and loaded. So, I mean, the backcourt for Canada, they can throw out there with uh, Jamal Murray and uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That's among the best... Like, I know we're all Canadian, but that's among the best in the world. You put in R.J. Barrett at small forward. You've got a team here that can really, you know, throw punches with the best of them out there. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Apparently, people are embracing all that they are at the beach this summer. Latest summer trend, unwaxed bikini lines. Wow. Looks like you got Kenny G in a leg lock over there. (laughs) But this is like, uh, I mean, like two things are colliding. Both like the the grooming is going less and the bikinis are becoming smaller. 
Right. You notice that? So now, like, in the 70s, people had, like, the bikinis were, like, wider and they covered mm-hmm. more. And I think people were less uh, likely to do the Brazilian down there. Um, but now, there's going to be a, a, lo- a lot less yeah. coverage. Yeah. It, 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 everything's cyclical, right? Like, uh, for a long time, hardwood floors have been popular. It's only a matter of time before shag carpeting comes back <laughs> sure, in style. eventually. <laughs> The New York Post says not shaving your bikini line is the trendy thing for women to do this year. Waxing is expensive and painful, and razor burn isn't much fun, so the attitude behind it is enough is enough. So it's not like they like, I love the way it looks. They just go, I don't want to do, do this anymore. They just say that having hair down there shouldn't be seen as some sort of radical act anymore. It should be normalized. It's natural. You do you, I say. Yeah. Whatever that may be. I think I'm going to stop, stop shaving my back as well before I go to the beach. How does that sound? Uh, you did at any point. It <laughs> does not look like it. It didn't got, stick. I got a couple, a couple of patches that I usually <laughs> take care of. but you uh, consider lasers. I don't know. <laughs> I tried the lasers. And even a laser couldn't d- defeat that? It couldn't get past the defenses. Holy heck. <laughs> the shields are up on, on my back hair. I, the laser couldn't breach. All of a sudden, the moles go over the <laughs> hair and cover it. <laughs> So, if you're at the beach this summer, just uh, be aware. Mm-hmm. That's why things are looking a little hairier than normal. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Papa Roach with Last Resort. It's Taz and Jim. There's a band who I didn't know what to expect. I had never seen them perform live. They were on stage at Rock the Park in London, Ontario yesterday. And, you know, you get the, the bands who had a couple hits in the 90s, early 2000s, and they just go through the motions. Not Perhaps Papa mail Roach. It in. No, they were no. Gi- they were giving her. I, that was a great show. All all the bands gave her, but Papa Roach too. Uh, I came out to play. They were trying to make a point. I think did some cool covers. Yeah, did a War little Pigs. prodigy. Yeah, War Pigs. Oh, defaulted. sorry, my mistake. My mistake. They defaulted, did. Yeah, did uh, some Iron Maiden. Yeah. No, sorry, they did some uh, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath yeah. They did some Led Zeppelin, and then Papa Roach did a cover of Firestarter yeah. by the Prodigy, which, which was, was really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just put on a great show. And then Volbeat just blew everyone away. I had some friends uh, around me, and they were like, these guys are incredible. They, they, the, they didn't know a lot about them. I'm yeah. like, yeah, if, if we're in Europe right now, you guys wouldn't have been able to get a ticket yeah, to this Volbeat show. There's a lot of Volbeat fans. Like, maybe you don't know that many of them, but the ones that are fans are hardcore. And this the singer sounds great live. His voice is, is amazing live. Spot on. He was talking to Brian West. He stopped by the mobile studio and was chatting with Brian West yesterday. I love seeing people in Volbeat t-shirts walking right past him, not realizing it was it was the lead singer of Volbeat. Really? <laughs> he was wearing a hat. You yeah, know, yeah. You're not expecting it. <laughs> and it was kind of far away from the stage, so they probably got the eyes on the stage. Yeah, yeah. There, I'm like, guys, look over here. He's your guy. <laughs> He's yeah. right here. He's your boy. Jim, after the show, went and uh, talked to some people who may have been a little tipsy for some Hammered concert reviews. You got another one there for us? I do. This one, do you want to hear a Hammered one or do you want to hear a couple polite fellas that just seem like good dudes? 
Do you have a uh, like a good I, hammered one? I got a ha- a real hammered one. Let's save that for last. Okay, so these guys I met, they were they were walking out of the concert and they were kind of streaming themselves and ta- they were on a Zoom call with somebody, but they weren't speaking English. So I said, I got I want are these guys from Denmark? Where are they from? Like, cause that's where Volbeat's from. So I approached them and kind of uh, learned who they were. It's time for another hammered concert review. First off, where are you guys from? Brazil. Brazil. This yeah. is awesome. Did you come here specifically for Volbeat? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, we like, uh, we like Papa Roach as well because, yeah. like, we we skateboard like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Me, uh, I was skateboarding when I was young. We came for Papa Roach, but uh, mainly for uh, Volbeat. Can you teach me some words in Brazil? Yeah, of course. It's so it's Portuguese, to... right? Am I wrong? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So how do you say like rock and roll in Portuguese? Hockey. 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 Yeah. We Ho- love hockey here. Hockey hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to tell the people of Canada about Brazil? What should we know? Uh, I think like people need to search some some from Brazil, like because sometimes with we need met new people here. They don't know where what's going on in Brazil. Like they, yeah. They think we live in the jungle sometimes. You know, <laughs> sometimes people li- think we live in the jungle. Like like we live in like in a big city. In- as Canadians, we can totally relate to that because you talk to like certain Americans, they think we live in the frozen tundra. Yeah, you know, in igloos up yeah. here, right? <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, I know Volbeat is an international sensation. Uh, Papa Roach, obviously, North America, Canada, you know. But I didn't think Brazil. I didn't think they made it that far south. But they love to hockey ho in Brazil. <laughs> Is that am I saying hockey it right? Hockey ho, yeah. Hockey ho. I think it's like they hockey is like rock and then ho is roll, obviously. So you know, we say rock or rock and roll, so hockey ho, yeah. In this country, hockey ho. Oh boy. <laughs> something you don't want to be called. <laughs> a jock sniffer, I think, yeah, I is think another puck phrase. For that. Is probably puck a bunny, more yeah. polite version. Okay. Uh is this the super hammered one? Should we get into it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Now just buckle up here, fellas. It's tough. They called. They had a name for. I don't know if it's a baseball team or a gang. They call themselves the Brussels Bangers. It's time for another Hammer Concert Review. Can I get a review from you guys? For right. Hey, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, guy, we're gonna go off review. What do you guys think? What do you no. guys think? Hailstorm killed it. Mitchell sucks. Brussels, where the it's at? We love. Yeah, no, wait, we can't swear. Wait, nice we gotta restart. Oh, right. cool. We gotta restart. We gotta restart. You can't yeah. swear, guys. Yeah, what's going on there? We gotta keep PG kind of. Man, I seen Taz tonight, and he looked like such a poindexter. Like, I've looked up to him for so long because I heard all this stuff. You know, every morning with the guy, and we can't put a picture to you guys' yeah. faces, yeah. right? Yeah. And he also wouldn't bet me. Yeah, and he wouldn't bet, bet you on the coin toss. I bet him on a coin toss. The guy, he got, I don't want to say what I'm supposed to say, but he, he sissied out, maybe, and, uh, Taz, sorry, What were you going to wager? I told him to make it. <laughs> I <laughs> told him to wants, make it. you're going to bet him a flip? I Drop told him, Taz, you make the wager, you even flip the coin. Whoa, and he, what a poindexter. That's what you want to call a poindexter. You know what I call that? <laughs> you don't even want to know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We had a bag of weed and we drove all the way to London with it. Where's the bag of weed now? Uh, Donated to medical science. I remember meeting that gentleman. Yes. Was he trying to actually bet you? What was the deal? He came up to me and was like, hey, Taz, you like to gamble? 
<laughs> I said, sometimes I do. He's like, let's gamble. <laughs> I just asked him how we were going to gamble. We were at a rock festival. He said, we'll flip a coin. $100 to the winner. You want, you want to do it? I said, let's just do it for fun. And he said, call it in the air. He flipped the coin. I said, heads. Landed on the ground. It was heads. Whoa, dude. He got his wallet out, and he started pulling $100 cash out of his wallet. He's like, here's your $100, wow. Taz. Take $100. I'm like, I go, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm not taking your money. But I appreciate the gesture. I was just for fun. Wow, he conveniently left that out of his story. <laughs> He's like, no, take it, take it. What kind of guy doesn't take the money? And there's a group of people around me, security guards and stuff, and they were like, they're all looking, like thinking I was crazy because yeah, I'm not yeah. taking the money. But the guy was hammered, yeah. and I didn't want him to wake up today and be like, geez, that guy on the radio Took a hundred dollars out of my wallet. Taz, what a jerk! He never would have remembered a thing. <laughs> I know. I should have <laughs> taken. That was the time to do it. I should have taken the money. We could have gone out for lunch today, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a Poindexter, huh? Well, it's so funny. Like people always come up to us and they want to tell us why, what they thought we looked like, and why they're disappointed in what we actually look like. Like there was a guy. <laughs> shout out to I think Sam was his name last night. He comes up to me. He's with his girlfriend. He's like, "You're Jim." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Man." I thought you'd be 6'2", wide shoulders. I was like, what? What made you think that? He's like, I don't know. Didn't you work construction? I'm like, yeah. He's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. I do get you're, uh, you're a lot taller than I thought you'd be quite mm -hmm. a bit. I used to get I thought you would be fatter. I used to get that all the time. I'm not getting it so much. Now they say anymore. you're as fat as I thought you were. <laughs> you're, yeah, <laughs> you're perfectly fat. You're Taz. They they slap my belly. Seems about right. <laughs>